the Pitmaster, an old Virginia Smoke podcast. I'm your host, Luke Darnell. This week, we bring back Kim and Leanne for our teammate series. This week's episode features Roxanne Manley with Redneck Scientific. Roxanne is Jerry's sister and a fantastic cook and a lot of fun to be around. So this is a super fun episode. So please join me in welcoming Roxanne Manley. Hi, everybody. This is Kim, everyone's favorite little G, back with another team edition of the Pitmaster Podcast from OVS. Amazingly enough, we did not get fired. Believe it or not, no, we did not get fired, and we had a lot of fun, so we decided to kind of keep this thing rolling. We got a lot of good feedback from the first one, so we're so happy to be doing this again. So this week, we're talking with another barbecue superstar who is a pitmaster, but doesn't always wear the label of pitmaster with her team. So based out of Johnston County, North Carolina, Redneck Scientific has got a whole building full of accolades. I checked the website, and if it's up to date... 24 grand championships, 20 reserve grand championships, world championships in both chicken and pork at the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Invitational. And if you want to see that building, or better yet, taste some of the barbecue, you can head to the Redneck Barbecue Lab in Benson, North Carolina. We want to welcome Roxanne Stevenson Manley to the Pitmaster Podcast. Yay! (laughs) Welcome, Roxanne. We are so happy to have you on. Glad to be here. And we're glad to get to talk to you. It's nice. I get to talk to you like, you know, twice in a, in a, in a month here after That's seeing right. you in Raleigh. So this is fantastic. Yeah. All and good right. to see sexy legs there finally. Uh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> Back to you. the East Coast, but I have yet to see her, even though I am closer to her than you and Luke are. Well, that is uh, true. I think, are we going to be remedying that? Are you guys headed to either of these Rufus Teague events that are coming up at, uh, in March? I know that we have canceled one that was supposed to be in Myrtle Beach at mm-hmm. the Pirate Land. So yep. we will not be at that one. And I do not see anything on my Google schedule right now for the rest of March. So I think I'm off. I don't know what the other one is that you're referring to. Where's that one located? I mean, that one is a stone's throw from the house here in Somerville, South Carolina. So it's the weekend after that. So uh, if you have a free weekend, uh, you might have to share the spare bedroom with Lukey, but uh, there's always a, a good opportunity to play Big Spoon, Little Spoon. Oh, gotcha. Okay, well, uh, I need to know who's going to be the Little Spoon then. Uh, well, no, that, that is something that's always determined right at the moment. So. Oh, <laughs> how many beers we have, right? Exactly. Or sometimes just good old rock, paper, scissors, you know, that oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> Right now, it does not appear that I have anything going on in March. I have been invited to come down to Myrtle Beach when you are going with Luke, I believe, Leanne. And um, you may just see me show up there. I may not be there to help. I may be able to help Luke drink some beer, but, you know. Well, that might be fun. It's been too long. It's been too long. I agree. But, you know, the way this whole season and last year's season wound up with, with COVID, we didn't get to see as many of our friends as we would have liked to, but I'm looking forward to that change in this year. Right. I hope I it does. And I hope it's back to normal pretty soon. And we can all get a regular calendar year in. This has been really hard. North Carolina lost everything, but two competitions last year. If Rufus Teague had not happened, we really would not have competed at all. And I think we ended up doing nine comps last year total outside of our regular 27 to 32. That's a very short year for us. So, and I really did have to push Jerry to do some of those competitions because he really didn't want to go just because the ones, the Rufus Teagues that were in North Carolina really were 
in the western part of the state and i'm going to tell y'all just like i have before anything west of 95 is a crapshoot for us so <laughs> that's where we were competing oh so, you're, you're uh, speaking to the choir about that about anything that is that's west of 95 no we we totally understand ex- we understand exactly what you're talking about right right so you mentioned uh you know having to push jerry the the pitmaster quote unquote for redneck scientific you know one of the questions we always ask is how did you meet your pit master but you've had the the fortunate situation of knowing him your entire life if i'm correct you are correct (laughs) and uh, it does give me a distinct advantage as well as a distinct disadvantage i am used to jerry's i'm going to say behaviors not attitudes i'll say behaviors i know when he needs a time out and i need to walk out A lot of people that compete with their partners or their spouses, they don't get that. I've known Jerry all my life, which would be 47 years, almost 48. He is older than me, just so that everybody is clear on that. But it does give me an advantage. And it also gives me a little bit of an easiness because I do know him so well. I kind of, he will even tell you that I can finish his thoughts for him sometimes. I know what he's thinking ahead of himself. And when he gets behind in something, I'm already on him. Jerry, did you do this? Jerry, did you do that? So I guess it's a an equal partnership as far as just as much as somebody else competing with their spouse, we know one another that way. But the other thing is I get to go on down the road away from him. If something doesn't go right that day, <laughs> I can get in my truck and drive the hell away. <laughs> so That's true. Yeah. You're not going to be like in the same house together. Like when you were kids and having to like rehash everything all over again or right. Totally, totally understand that. That's so right. how do you, how do you think because you compete, a lot. And you, like you said, you're doing, you know, high twenties, low thirties, number of competitions every year. How do you think your relationship has developed because of barbecue and how has it evolved and changed since then? That's a great question. I was going to ask like sort of off of that, has it always been that way? Like, were you always able to finish his questions? Well, y'all know me fairly well. Everything is just off the cuff with me. You're going to get the 100% honest truth. Jerry and I were not the closest in growing up. We were siblings and we were sibling rivals. My brother was pitcher. He pitched 93 mile an hour fastballs and I've been hit with more balls than you can imagine. Robin's eggs, wooden Robin's eggs, golf balls, whatever he could throw at me. If he couldn't catch me, which he couldn't then, I got him. So as far as that goes, you know, I would have fought tooth or nail for him, whatever it was, to the death. I'm, I'm a loyal person. So, um, and I think he is too. You know, we also went to college together, same college together. We were in junior high, high school at the same time. So I kind of shadowed him a lot, but um, we did not become close until barbecue. Um, I consider him one of my very closest friends. He knows me as well as most people on the earth, um, including my parents. So yeah, that's, that's a great question. Like I say, it has its advantages and its disadvantages, but you know, it's a great teammate partnership. I think he knows where I stand. I know where he stands and, um, we don't usually cross those lines. I may step on his toes a little bit and we've all seen that trailer door fling open stuff go flying off the back of the deck so we know how that goes (laughs) so how did you guys get involved with barbecue can you take us back when i can take you back to when i became you know part of the the barbecue and what hooked me as far as him becoming a pit master jerry has always cooked jerry has always cooked pork 
he played rugby in college and so he would barbecue a hog all the time so that's basically where he started except for we used to do this when we were little kids i mean i'm from eastern north carolina it's whole hog where i'm at it's chopped mm-hmm. barbecue it's chopped so fine that it'll melt in your mouth you know i'm a vinegar based girl i love it just doused in vinegar straight vinegar competition barbecue was new to me in 2015 I was asked to come to Tryon, North Carolina. I don't know if you've ever been there. Um, Wonderful competition, beautiful area near Charlotte. It's outside of Charlotte, between Charlotte and Asheville. I was asked because they wanted, he and his two partners at the time, who Brian and Shannon Turner from Muttley Crew Barbecue, they were competing and wanted to go to a world championship, uh, the World Foods. They were able to compete in what was called Ressler's Potato Salad Challenge. So I was told, hey, Roxanne, we need an original recipe. Okay, well, I make awesome Southern potato salad. And I'm like, Jerry, I make great Southern potato salad. I'll bring it. Mom's homemade pickles, you know, our recipe from our great aunt Mert that he uses in the restaurant. He's like, no, you can't compete with Southern potato salad. I was like, okay. So I came up with a new recipe. It was a hot bacon blue cheese potato salad. I get down there. They're in the middle of turn-ins. The turners are doing ancillaries, anything buts. Um, One was doing dessert. The other one was doing just an anything but. And there I am trying to make potato salad. And all I had was my jar of homemade blue cheese dressing. And getting ready to boil my potatoes. And they're in the middle of their turn-ins. So (laughs) long story short, I turned in this bacon and blue cheese potato salad. And I just about cried. And I apologized to everybody and touched my tail between my legs and drove my ass to the mountains, to the cabin. And I stayed the weekend. Didn't hear anything from them. So Saturday evening, my mom says, hey, Roxanne, did you ever hear anything about potato salad? So I hit Jerry up. He sends me a picture of a check. We had taken second place with this potato salad. (laughs) They didn't get to World Food Championships. And story goes, my ass got kicked by Southern potato salad. I was so (laughs) mad. I didn't even know how to respond to that. So that's where my love of the competition for food sport came from. I joined his team. I was asked after Muttley Crew split with Redneck Scientific. They went their own way in 2016. I was asked to come along and um, join him. I joined him in the town of Ashboro and cooking out of a brand new trailer. And we won the first GC that year. So yeah, that's how it started for me. And I've been hooked ever since. I'll take a moment and testify to the uh, strength and beauty of that blue cheese recipe. It's one I've adopted <laughs> myself um, and, and use regularly. But I feel like we ran into you guys before 2015-16. I, I, you were there at our, our very first visit as OVS to the uh, Royal, right? That would have been... That was when for us. 2016. That was the first year I went was 2016. That was the last year it was at the Bottoms. Okay. Uh, Yep. Yep. That was my first year. The very last year it was at the Bottoms at the original American Royal. And that's where I got introduced to y'all. That's when little G had the flat going to the airport. Mm -hmm. And she didn't know if she's actually even going to be able to make it. Yes, that was totally true. I remember trying to call and say, I don't know if I can get on a flight or not. You guys might have to go without me. Yeah. Yeah, that was my, uh, that was the first year in competition. And I, that, that win the first year there uh, at Asheboro may have, may have gotten us there. I'm not sure. Well, I, you know, you were talking about your love of food sports. So I wanted to kind of ask the question of, you know, what keeps bringing you back week after week? I love to compete. Um, don't get me wrong. I love you guys, but I'm there to kick your ass every week. <laughs> I, I don't show up bringing my B game. It's not going to be that way ever. I love to compete 
I'm not a poor loser. I will congratulate anybody that I like. That's why I'm there. I love to win more than anybody in the world, but I just love to compete. I really do. And that's true because there's think about it. As we get older, there's very few opportunities for us to have competition. You know, and you know, so many of us, you know, grew up with, you know, ha- a lot being having sports competitions, you know, and of course being older, that's not something we can do, but, you know, we could still get out there and get out there with our smokers and still compete against our, not only other teams, but against ourselves too. Right. I I mean, I'll be honest. I I played sports, you know, in high school, I'm too fat, too old and my knees hurt too much to be able to run around bases anymore. I love softball. I played till I was 38 years old. That was something that sort of got me back into competing, you know, um, playing softball. And then when I was asked to do the food, I was like, well, hell yeah, I'm good at cooking. You know, I can, I can do this. And then that I doesn't hurt me start- so much. <laughs> right. And then I taste the barbecue and I'm like, what is this? Why are, Why is there red sauce on everything? You know, um, just right. not how I grew up. But uh, I do have a love for it now. I married a Kansas City boy. So I knew what a burn-in was before I ever started competing with Jerry. You know, I knew what brisket was. And I love ribs. Ribs are my favorite thing to eat, believe it or not, other than a pork chop, which we don't cook. So other than that, I didn't know anything about the sport, but I, if somebody said, Hey, you want to go play a game tomorrow? Yep. I'm in. What is it? Let's go. Baccarat. Okay. I'll do that. Don't even know what it is, but I'll play. You talk about playing sports as a youth and in college and stuff like that. And, and you also talk about Jerry's competitiveness as a baseball player and a rugby player, but you also mentioned how he would cook a whole hog. Were you did you have that same love of, of cooking like as a youth? So Jerry lived in a frat house, basically, all six years of being at East Carolina. And so he had to cook. It was cook or don't eat because mm-hmm. nobody in that house was going to cook. Me, I was in a dormitory. I wasn't allowed to live on my own. And I grew up with a mother who is a fantastic cook. She cooks everything from scratch. And there is nothing that that woman couldn't cook. She will not cook roadkill. I have asked her about that. I've actually (laughs) ate quail and she refused to cook them. So growing up with somebody that was able to put it on the, on the plate for me, I didn't cook a lot. Uh, When I got married, I started to cook and let me tell you something. We were hungry for the first few months. (laughs) It was a learning curve and uh, not paying attention. You know, I really didn't pay attention to when my mom was cooking, but it all fell into place. Thank goodness I have a palate. Um, I'm able to taste things and decipher what's in it. I can usually tear apart a recipe and tell you what exactly I can taste in it. And pretty accurately, uh, I've been able to go into recipes as far as somebody gives me a a sauce or something like that. And they say, break this down. I need a recipe for it. I can come up with it. Somehow along the way in my 20s to 30s, I learned how to cook. And I've been pretty good at it, I guess. Sean will tell you all the time. He's like, I'm not fat for no reason. So I guess I should say the same thing. <laughs> well, and we can attest too. I mean, we have had many of, you know, your, we, we, I've been to your house. You know, we've had many of your wonderful meals when we've been on the barbecue trail. And you're definitely a wonderful cook. And, you know, we, we, we're going to talk about deviled eggs here later on oh, in, in, our, in our podcast. I mean, we've got some fun things to talk about there. But, yeah, you know, and so what kind of, and, and, and your palate is amazing. I want to talk about that, too, because you said you do have a good palate. And I think that's definitely something that you, you know, you bring to the table for your team is your excellent palate and knowing when something is spot on or if it needs to be tweaked. But if you had to talk about yourself as a cook or a chef, what kind of cook or chef do you feel like you are? 
I'm going to say down home country food. I love my favorite things, a fried pork chop. I love a mashed potato too now. Um, and I can cook a mean collard green. I make awesome mac and cheese. I love the comfort food because that's how I grew up. That's what we grew up on. You know, you come home, you get meatloaf. Your mom fixed meatloaf and baked potatoes. That's how I grew up. And that's how we eat, you know, because you've been to my house. Of course, now I've changed my entire lifestyle, the way that I eat my eating lifestyle and I'm low carb and you may come to my house and you get steak salad for dinner, you know, um, or awesome steak on the grill. Yeah. I, I love to cook comfort food. It's I'm from the South. What can I say? It's all the fat <laughs> and all the fried. What do you, what else fat do you need? <laughs> fat is flavor. Yeah. I know. Right. Totally right. get it. Let's talk about a little bit about the deviled eggs. Oh, because th- th- that's a really funny story when we talk kind of about the devil. That was that in Aiden when we were yes. talking. All right, so to kind of walk us through how the, this whole deviled egg challenge got started. Well, I'm gonna have to throw that back to your husband, Lukey. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, throw him under the bus as hard as you want. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you you had not arrived yet. You were on your way from Virginia. And Luke and Jerry had done a walk around and I was actually cleaning the trailer after Jerry had prepped meats. And it was disgusting. As y'all know, Jerry is pig pen when it comes to clean trailers. I'm constantly going behind him. So I'm cleaning. I'm down there on my hands and knees scrubbing the floor from all the meat particles on the floor. And uh, because I'm pretty sure he flew in there hot and fast. And they come back telling me about these wonderful deviled eggs. They'd never had a deviled egg like this. It was the best deviled egg they'd ever eaten. I'm like, oh, really? So I only live an hour from Aiden. So I was going home that night. I was going to sleep in my own bed. You know, I come back tomorrow morning. So Luke says, oh, those were the most amazing deviled eggs I've ever had. I said, no, I'll bring you a deviled egg tomorrow. He goes, no, you're not. There he goes, oh, watch this. She's going to bring you deviled eggs. Well, I sure did. I brought deviled eggs. And that's when the challenge happened. Luke decided that from then on, Aiden was going to be the deviled egg challenge. And it was Mark Davies was the one that got Luke started on these deviled eggs. And the first year that we had the deviled egg competition, Mark shows up with these eggs and they were very pretty. I mean, they they were, I knew Mark was a chef. Unbeknownst to anybody else, Mark didn't cook the damn deviled eggs. Mark (laughs) didn't even know how to boil an egg. Mark didn't know how to peel a boiled egg. And these were his wife's eggs. He had passed these eggs off as his own deviled eggs. <laughs> I was not happy. The For next shame. thing I know, it's it's open judging and everybody's standing out there and we're handing out our own deviled eggs. So there's no blind judge judging, it's open judging. <laughs> I look around and there's only three people I know standing near me. Luke, I think uh, Brad Hamilton, Jerry was gone and I'm looking around going, well, I got nobody to to vote for me. And I keep looking around, hoping somebody's going to walk up. Nobody walked up. Mark had brought 12 people with him. (laughs) I got the floor wiped. I mean, they totally walked, walked stage on me. I mean, it was hands down. They had killed it, nailed it, whatever. So uh, it's been a double deck challenge ever since. I think we've done three total. Mm-hmm. I have not won yet, but I have beat Mark Davies. I'm going to say that right now. I have beat Mark Davies. Well, I, I was there at the original. I do recall tasting both deviled eggs. I thought that I voted for you. Um, and I will go on record now saying that you produce the best deviled eggs uh, that I have ever tasted. And it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that I'm sometimes afraid of you. <laughs> 
that's so funny that you say that. People tell me that all the time. And Jerry will say, oh, you better not make her mad. You know, she carries a 45. And I'm like, why do you tell people this? I'm already intimidated for no reason. I'm not an intimidating person. Okay, now this, this kind of goes to a question that I would like to ask, unless Leanne, you wanted to ask a question Go for too. It. Okay, but what, because you're saying, oh, people say this about me. So what do you think are the biggest misconceptions about you? Oh, let's see. That I am standoffish, that I am angry all the time. I don't know how I've gotten that I'm angry all the time. I think I'm a fairly happy person. I always have a smile on my face. You know, I think they're equating that with Jerry. That's the angriest man in barbecue. <laughs> ask, uh, ask Sterling Ball. He'll tell you that's the angriest man in barbecue. I, I don't think I have a scowl on my face. I, I'm pretty friendly. I speak to everyone. I have no idea what these misconceptions are as far as they think I'm just a mean person. Now, am I spiteful and vindictive? Hell yeah, but you got to cross me first. I mean, you got to get across that bridge first. And when you get across that bridge, it's going to be war. I promise. I promise. I have a memory like an elephant. So, but as far as new people and people that I know, people that I like, I think I'm a pretty fairly friendly person and happy. Let's go with that. I'm happy. <laughs> well, I definitely say you're, you're, you and, and Jerry are, are some of the most generous people we've met on the trail. Um, oh, you know, not only welcoming us into your your campground, uh, welcome welcoming us into your home, but sharing all kinds of assistance, whether it's with the the OVS trailer, um, whether it's offering us advice on our food or which competitions we should go to or things like that. You know, we just you know we really appreciate your friendship and everything that you offer, what would you say, you know, has, has sort of been the, the best or most generous thing that maybe other teams have done for you to sort of set that model? You know, how have other teams helped you out along the way? I will tell you that when I first came on the scene and seeing how everybody was and seeing that Everybody in barbecue, I don't care who they are. I mean, they could be a brand new team. There is always somebody that needs help. And when they need help, these people step up. I mean, I, I you know, I've got neighbors in on my street here. I don't even know. But I, you can walk down the row in barbecue and every single one of them is going to speak to you, you know, and you're going to speak back if you don't speak first. Uh, somebody needs charcoal. They're going to be there. I have had to borrow charcoal, uh, had to borrow charcoal in Mayetta this year. Thank goodness I, I, I was able to find some. We didn't actually need it. But, you know, things like that, that if you need something, I have seen people go to a competition. I will go back to Wise, Virginia, two years ago because they didn't have it last year. A man walked down the street with a jar. He had no sauce. He had forgotten everything at his house. Uh, Kim, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yes, exactly. He walked away with the grand championship. I mean, who does this? You walk around asking for rubs and sauces, and it literally was a bottle of sauce from four different teams, I believe. Yeah, that I think you just mixed together. And Josh won the thing. I mean, like, how do you do this, you know? And all those people that helped him get there, it was like, that's the most amazing part of barbecue, to see something like that and somebody can go and DC this thing. I mean, that says a lot about his skills as a cook, but, you know, these people didn't hand him their, their back shelf stuff. They weren't handed in the stuff that was caked up and uh, had disintegrated in their trailer from five years prior. I mean, they were handing him the stuff that they were using in competition, I'm pretty sure. So he didn't ask to borrow any of ours, just so that everybody knows. But <laughs> I, 
I would have given him some. <laughs> I, I don't need to ask to borrow because now that I live in the Carolinas, I can pick some up at my local Lowe's grocery store, which I'm very pleased to note. So I already, <laughs> I already have I already have some in my cabinet um, uh, and have have put it to use and, and worked on it. Um, so you guys have you not only have the restaurant um, and you know sauces and rubs and stores and stuff like that. I talked in the introduction about all the accolades. What's next for you? What are you guys still hungry for? What are you still hungry for? Well, uh, that's an interesting question. Um, so Jerry is actually opening up. I have nothing to do with the restaurant. Um, oh, sorry I about have, that. I, I'm completely out of the restaurant up there. Um, we do the eight track work. That's about it. Sean decorates it now, uh, with his paintings, but, uh, those are Jerry's restaurants. He's getting ready to open another one up in North Raleigh, um, at the North Hills mall. He's taking over a barbecue restaurant that shut down up there. He's opening up a commissary between the new restaurant and the original restaurant, uh, be midway between the two to be able to run the food trucks out of, be able to supply the stores with the demands that they need. He's talking about lots of different innovative ideas out of this commissary, but that's his exciting thing. My next venture may be a restaurant. I, I, you know, I'm on the fence about it still. I'm being pushed to do it. That is a very sketchy idea right now to start a restaurant business in the world that we're living in in 2021, especially with the governor that I have, where everything is still shut down um, and you're limited to, I believe right now we're at 25% capacity for restaurants um, and you cannot uh, serve after, I want to say it's 9 p.m. I'm not even sure because I'm not in the industry. As far as restaurants go, it seems to be booming, but it is just not a good idea for me to be brand new to the industry and let's just throw one up down the street here and let's see how it goes. Yeah, that's, yeah, you may as well shoot yourself in the foot. So until the state opens back up, I don't think I have any new ventures coming up right now. I know Leanne and I would be first in line if, when, if and when that does happen. <laughs> I've already asked Luke to come be a pit master, so. <laughs> I don't know there. how to move to North Carolina. <laughs> Is there anything in competition barbecue that you're hungry for? Any awards or competitions or accolades or uh, accomplishments? That's a sore subject, I guess, right now. We have, we have gone to different smokers, not by my choice. That is something, he gets a little bit itchy. Jerry gets a little bit itchy to do something new. Let's try something new. Let's just try this. I'm like, why would you try new things all the time when your original has worked? You know, just tweak your original. Get better at what you're doing. My thing, if anything, leaving the Jack Daniels two years ago and having a first place chicken and a first place pork. It was devastating that we lost the way that we did. And when I say lost, I shouldn't say that. We came in third overall. When you do as well as you do, there are days when you know that you've done everything you could do. You've hit every mark. You you know when you're getting called. I knew that we had calls. I didn't know they were going to be that high because you're talking about the best cooks in the in the world. And, you know, to get a first place chicken, I believe that was a 180. Uh, first place in pork. I almost fell out of the chair. In fact, I think Jerry did fall out of the chair. We were actually sitting in the rain. It was pouring down rain that day. And it was just, it was awful. We were soaked from head to toe and didn't even feel it. I mean, we were like walking on clouds to go up there. <laughs> so if you ask me what my next venture is, as far as an award or a competition, I would love to go back there and do it again. 
God willing that we get an opportunity from North Carolina to be back there and that it does open back up and the Jack Daniels does come back. That's what I would love to do. Uh, just because I know how much it means to him. And I saw the disappointment in him when we weren't called. So that's where I want to be. That drives me. That motivates me. No, that's totally understandable because most competitions, if you have two first places, you know, that that's pretty much going to be, that's pretty much a win, you know, or an RGC if, if nothing else. And like you said, when you feel like, you, you know, you left a little on the table for some reason, whether, you know, like I said, when you hit your mark and you know, you have, sometimes, you know, it, you know, it, it's the circumstance. It could be the table, the judges, and there's so many things that happen there. So, but, but I would love for it to have you talk about some of your other accolades. Tell us about, you know, when you were at the American Royal with the sides competition. Okay, you're talking about year two that I went. So that was 2017. That was the first year that it was at Royal, first and only year. Let me just preface that by saying it was at the Royal Stadium. Being married to somebody from Kansas City, Missouri, that was like huge for him. I believe that year we got a call for second place in vegetable. We got a 16th place in beans. And the other one that we needed was for potato, I believe. We didn't know where we fell in potato, but I knew that the, the people that had the highest calls, there was another team right below us. Um, actually, I believe it was Brad Ledinger getting basted, I believe was right, right there. And they had two high calls. And so I, I was sitting there going, they called them for second place. And I'm looking around, I'm going, well, who was left? I, what did I miss? I'm sitting there counting. And all of a sudden it was like, and your grand champion for the sides uh, is uh, Redneck Scientific. I'm like, holy <laughs> I expletive, you know, I punched Luke in the arm. I said, see, I can cook, you know? <laughs> um, and I was sick as a dog. I was sick as a dog. Yes. I was actually having a gallbladder attack, a massive gallbladder attack at that time, couldn't even turn the, anything in on Sunday myself. I had to have other people run the boxes because I was just so sick. So yeah, getting down there and getting the grass, Jerry reached down like he's tying a shoe, got Sean some grass from the field. We're down there on Arrowhead Stadium field. And he's, you know, it just, it was amazing. Amazing. And to stand there amongst all those people on that stage with that huge trophy, it was just something that I'll, I'll never forget. Was that the year that the that Sean burnt the was it the sausage or the the mushrooms? That would be the meatballs, Leanne. Thank the you meatball. very much. <laughs> It'd be a tenuous evening. Your subject, Leanne. Why'd you go there? <laughs> yeah. So we were cooking on Traegers. I had put the meatballs on. I specifically said to Sean, at twelve thirty, I need you to look at these and just look at them. If they look like they're done, temp them with my thermopin. It, and I gave him my temperature I was looking for, take them out, just stick them in the microwave just to hold them. I just wanted it to hold the heat. Don't steam them. Don't put them in the oven. Don't do nothing. Well, unfortunately, the Chiefs were playing that day, and it was televised. And there is a damn TV in the camper. I come in after the last turn in for brisket, and I walk in, and he is laid back in the recliner right in front of the TV. Hey, Sean, how are those meatballs? Oh, yeah, I need to check those. I said, Sean, <laughs> we're an hour and a half past the meatballs. Hey, did you win? So I go inside. <laughs> Thank me for that. Shut the door. <laughs> there seems to be a little... any privacy in, in a small house. Man. There seems to be some CB interference coming in over there. <laughs> I should have locked that damn door before this started. So 
I get these meatballs. No, in fact, I take that back. I'm still in the trailer at this point. I left. I just went back out of the camper. I go back in the trailer with Jerry and I'm like, ah, screw this. He's like, what is that? I said, I'm pretty sure those meatballs are toast. Jerry comes out and he's like, mm, the bottoms are burned. Go get me my knife. I bring him back this knife. We cut the bottoms off these meatballs and turn them in. I mean, literally, we cut the bottoms off of them. They were black, like black as night. I mean, they had burned to the bottom. We had to pull them off and maybe slice them where they look presentable. Yeah. I think we were six. No, we were eight in sausage that year. <laughs> I, I want to say that we were like, 150th in sausage just to be ugly but we weren't and i you know i'm not giving it to him he did not win sausage i'm not doing that i never thought that he won it i just i just, I just thank I just, you Liam. i just i just remembered that he was somehow involved um i guess negligence is the is the phrase i would use the best word that you could have used that's right mm -hmm. negligence gross <laughs> negligence victory through <laughs> negligence there you go you know what sometimes you know everybody gets lucky on certain sundays you know sometimes it just happens that way and luckily sean is can live to tell the tale of what happened <laughs> yeah it's maddening I, i've never met anybody that has gold fingers but that man he can step into something and it, it will turn to gold for him I, I don't understand it i wish i had that um i'm with makes you. me angry makes me angry you know so but he's got it. I mean, he burned the meatballs and we still got a call. So there you go. Next well, question, would, Leanne. Yeah, let's, okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I would love to kind of, you know, so you, you talked about one of your responsibilities is definitely being the master chef, cook, baker for a lot of the, you know, for the side dishes, for desserts, for lots of the anything buts. But I would love to talk about your responsibilities when you're cooking the four meats. So okay. do you have a, do you have a title you know, or describe some of your responsibilities when you're competing? So a lot of things have changed now that we're on drum smokers when we were on the backwoods and I can only go with the backwoods. <laughs> we've only competed once on the drums. So with the backwoods. So my responsibilities are when we pan chicken, I'm there, I'm, I'm helping him pan. I'm, we're cutting butter, you know, I'm panning one, he's panning another, we're putting probes in ribs. I clean all the ribs before and after. So before we wrap ribs, I'm cleaning everything. I'm picking bones. I'm, you know, cleaning boogers, as they would call it. I'm removing silver skins if they're there. I'm cutting rib tips if they're popped. I'm trimming bones if they look blackened. Brisket, not so much. I don't really have a lot to do with the cooking of the brisket um, or pork. But as far as the boxing, when we get to the boxing part of meats, and I'm also heating sauces during this time, and I heat them to hold in a hot pot of water. I'm sure y'all have seen that. I do all the boxes myself, usually that morning when we have a little bit of a lull. It's usually between, it used to be between 9.30 and 10.30. I'm not quite sure where that is now. I just kind of look at him and go, how long have I got? If I got 30 minutes, I'm going to do boxes. And then for boxing, Usually Jerry's picking chicken as far as what pieces he likes and tenderness wise. Uh, and I'm looking at him going, no, that one's too small. That's not aesthetically pleasing. So I'm the aesthetics girl more than anything. Uh, I'm the one that touches the box last before it goes to turn in. I clean all the boxes and um, I shift meats if it's not quite perfectly put in the box. I, as far as ribs go, I'm picking every piece of pepper off that's out of place. Pork, now I have a lot more to do with the pork than, than anything else. I'm picking a lot of what we do as far as pulled 
and money muscle. I also am the one that picks how it's going in the box. I do the whole presentation for the pork box, except for he does the, he does do the presentation part of the fold or the top. But as far as the pieces go, I'm the one place that I'm saying that has to go in the box. I know when it's good pork. I grew up on it. So as far as the brisket goes, I put it in the box. That's about it. You know, as far as my responsibilities now, as far as having to do competitions before, yes, I have done them start and finish. I have trimmed chicken. I have prepped all the meats. I have cooked all four meats. I have competed by myself. And usually that's in a backyard. I've actually first competition that I did in Apex, North Carolina, which I guess was 2016. Jerry was actually in D.C. They were I can't even remember the name of the place now. It's a festival that they have in D.C. and uh, Barbecue Battle, yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't Barbecue Battle. They were there at a festival above D.C. That's on the right. other side of, me, yes. of, of the river. And um, they were vending. He and Bubba Jack um, Chavis out of Charlotte. And so I had to set the trailer up. I drug the trailer there. And uh, no, he had drug it there because I was cooking out of Bubba's that year. Um, but I had to do everything. I injected, I prepped, I rubbed, I put the meats on, you know, Jerry showed up at four o'clock in the morning after he got done working. And, um, so yeah, I mean, I have done it all, but now my, my role's a little bit more laxed. I do check the, I'm a little bit more anal as far as I do check the temperatures. I'm constantly looking to see if the dampers are open, if we're running the right temperature. Are we running out of charcoal? Do I need to open the side door and make sure that we're back up to temp? You know, I do a lot of that now that I didn't used to do a couple years ago, but yeah, that's about it. It's funny, Roxanne, you read my mind because I, when I was raising my hand, that was the question I was going to ask you is if, you know, what what happens if you're double booked and your, your pit master has to do a catering gig and um, and so you kind answered of, that question. No, I kind of thought that may have been where you were leaning because y'all have asked me about that before. So yeah, I've actually done that. I've drugged the trailer, set it up myself and started prepping a couple times actually after that one. I haven't done well though. <laughs> so other than I, I did do well in ancillaries when I had to do all that stuff. But yeah, that I can do it all. I promise I could do it all. It's just Jerry likes to be more hands-on than people may think. He definitely has the majority of the work. He's the one, you know, that trims all the meat, picks all the meat usually. Sometimes I've had to get pork butts. It just depends if he can't find it or chicken if he can't find some. But he does the majority of the work. Yeah. Now, do you guys have any particular superstitions, rituals, things that you have to do at every single competition, Any? Any, do you have to place your trailer in a certain place? Any crazy thing like that? I'm going to say I'm not superstitious. Um, Knock on wood. <laughs> no, I'm lying if I said that. So, <laughs> yeah, we do. I'm sure everybody knows about Jerry and his Superman shirt. I actually, if we win a competition that day that I get home, the first thing I do, I'm that weird person that everything has to be torn down. I'm doing laundry that night. Okay, well, before I do that laundry, if we won... My underwear are marked with an S for Saturday or Friday or Thursday if I had to be there on Thursday. So everything is marked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and that's my new uniform, okay? So I have multiple socks that have an S with a slash through it, and then it has an F on it, and it's got a slash through it, and then it's got an S on it, you know? So, yeah, I'm a little superstitious. I look for four-leaf clovers, and, yeah, I get Starbucks coffee on a Saturday morning. That's usually my ritual. Got to have that. 
Got to have my Saturday underwear and socks on, my Saturday shirt on, my Saturday pants on. And shoes doesn't matter so much. I mean, if it's raining, I'm going to wear muck boots. And I'll wear muck boots with shorts if I have to. So, yeah. I will tell you, um, since starting and list to do this podcast and listening to them, I really had no idea how important underwear was to competition <laughs> barbecue. It's really been an eye-opening situation for me. Well, nobody has ever mailed me any MeUndies, so I'm on my own for that. So thank you, Coles. Uh-oh. I really appreciate Coles. If We're you send me MeUndies, I don't, well, I don't even know what MeUndies sells for women because I've never seen them. Oh, my uh, goodness, girl. We've got a whole line of things for women. Oh, my gosh. If you want lounge pants, if you want underwear, if you want a bra, I mean, yes, it's it's all there. Do you want to have this conversation on the podcast about briefs versus boy shorts versus bikinis, or would you uh, prefer we do that off the off oh, the podcast? I am. I, well, y'all know me; I'm not bashful, so I like <laughs> bikini briefs. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. Writing this down right now: bikini briefs. Okay. <laughs> oh, nope. No, 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 no unicorns. I do not want any unicorns. I have heard that they're unlucky. Somebody told me that they're unlucky. <laughs> Um, I will say that unicorns usually start off pretty lucky, but sometimes don't always stay lucky. That's what I heard. So I don't want any of those. Okay. We can accommodate. No problem. (laughs) So I'm curious, what are, you know, we were talking about a lot of the, you know, superstitions. You were talking about things that you do for the team and your responsibilities. What are some things that you do for the team, whether it's a superstition or something that's a tradition or just a role that you have? What are some things that you do for your team that Jerry doesn't even realize you do behind the scenes? That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. I usually make note, a mental note of what's missing. I like certain cleaners. He uses a lot of them that take my breath away. So I usually bring some of my own. That's a good question. I've actually made stuff that he, well, he knows about them. So it's nothing that he wouldn't know. What do I do that he doesn't know about? I make sure there's water in the smoker. (laughs) I make sure that he, if he needs another cup of coffee, I'll hit the bow button on the Keurig. I've given him my Keurig because he's broke, you know. I don't think there's anything that he doesn't know of that I do. Do you have something on me that y'all know I do that he doesn't know about? Not at all. Does he he know when you're handling him, when when he's maybe flying off the rails and needs to get recentered? Does he know when when you step into that role and help him get refocused? That's a really great question. I am very good under pressure. I work my best when I'm under pressure and he doesn't. And no, my brother is a psychology major, um, (laughs) but he does not know that I am handling him. Um, I do it with kit gloves because I know how to. And that comes back to knowing him all my life Mm -hmm. in that I am able to do so without giving any kind of clues or inklings that I am doing it, but I do do that. You're exactly right. I know when to back off. Um, I know when to reset everything. You know, here, Jerry, here's your cup of coffee. Just go sit down there and let me clean this up real quick. Let me let me wipe this trailer down. Just get out of here so I can wipe the trailer down. I don't want to have to do this later. You know, stuff like that. So maybe that was a better question ask me because you're leading me into this what do I do he doesn't know that I do those are the kind of things that I do I try to clean up behind him so that there's not so much at the end because he's the one that's been up all night